Welcome back to the Capes and Tights podcast right here on capesandtights.com. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. This episode, we have veteran comic book writer and illustrator Matt Kent on the podcast to talk about his comic over at Dark Horse Comics, Subgenre, releasing under his Flux House imprint over there at Dark Horse. Matt is a Harvey Award-winning and New York Times bestselling writer, artist of comics and graphic novels. His works include Mind Management, Berserker, he did along with Keanu Reeves, Bang, Aniac, Revolver, Three Story, Superboy, Two Sisters, and Pistol Whip, and more. He is nominated for four Eisner Awards and three Harvey Awards, which he's won once. He has published his work in French, Spanish, Italian, and German. He lives in St. Louis, Missouri with his wife and Department of Age collaborator and colorist and artist, Charlene Kent. He's also released recently over at Flux House at Dark Horse Comics, Hairball, as well as the upcoming subgenre he did with his Bang collaborators, Wilfredo Torres and Bill Crabtree. Enjoy this episode. But before you do, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Blue Sky, as well as rate, review, subscribe, all those things over at Spotify, Apple, and all your major podcasting platforms. Enjoy this episode with Matt Kent talking about subgenre at Dark Horse Comics. Thanks, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. How are you today? Good. How's it going? I'm doing well. You've been you've been writing, drawing. What have you been doing today? Uh, today I've been drawing all day. That's why I was a little, little bit late because uh, it's my favorite day of the week, which is drawing on my webcomic I'm doing. Um, that's that's awesome. Uh, I'm just glad because you know I, you know there's there's a there's a contingency of uh, artists who are now mostly writers and they're you know yeah. some of the opposite and so it's like just it's nice to see you doing the web comic and things like that that keeps your you know your fingers going both on you know a keyboard and with a pencil it's awesome. Yeah, I know I get bored doing one thing all the time. So if I was just a writer only, I, oh, I I get burned out. Like I literally <laughs> do get burned out every time I finish a script. I'm like I'm burned out. <laughs> I'll go draw. <laughs> well, that's awesome. But so, uh, well, welcome. Uh, you know, first time having you on the podcast, for, uh, talking comics with you. Can you just give me a little bit of an idea of like how you got into comics as a as a reader, uh, as a collector, and a, as a, as a professional? Yeah, yeah. I had an older brother who uh, was reading like X Men back in the day when, like, he was reading when Phoenix died. You know, like mm -hmm. back in the eighties, John Byrne, Chris Claremont, and. Uh, he would hide he would hide his comics in the closet he had them he, he didn't really hide them he he told me they were there and i was like i'm not you're not allowed to go in there i'm the little brother you know and i was grubby i'll admit i had grubby hands you know he didn't want me grubbing up his comics but he had them in little stacks on a shelf in his closet and uh i cried about it to my parents and they're like well let's get you know get you a subscription to whatever mm -hmm. some marvel comics so i i started reading like uh spider-man daredevil um in the 80s like right after frank miller's run is when i started mm -hmm. on daredevil and then i went back and bought i was like who's electra <laughs> how did she die and then i went back and bought those back issues and and then i was kind of hooked after that that's awesome and then and did you get into uh were you illustrated did you want to draw first did you want to write i mean how does that usually work when you get into professional yeah, comics like that i don't know you know when you're a kid i don't i just like to draw so I would draw all the time. And then when I was reading comics, well, then I wanted to draw, you know, draw what I was reading. So I would copy, you know, covers of comics. I remember sitting at a table with a friend of mine. We would just copy like Bill Sienkiewicz. Mm -hmm. I remember specifically a cover of New Mutants that he drew. 
with cannonball on it or something i was trying to copy that you know just to kind of not really to learn how to draw i, I just like making marks you know mm -hmm. I, I don't know that i was consciously like learning how to make comics or anything but it just it just sort of happened and then as i got older i went to end up going to art school took some writing classes you know and then and then it started to come together like oh i think i this is what i want to do i really love this art form and then uh and then uh yeah i just took a bunch of art classes took a bunch of writing and uh just started doing them on my own that's awesome that's awesome i i, I there's an episode that airs just before this episode is going to air and that is with uh jay martin who just released a graphic novel over at dark horse um yeah. called lost boy and jay does art in illustrations and writing in it uh for context of that but like there's an opportunity to do both in, in in big comics is there a reason why you choose to do one or the other for specific is just timing ability what's what's the for yeah, most of your I, comics yeah. yeah drawing takes so much longer you mm -hmm. know and artists you talk to will tell you that you know and uh so i have to i just sort of have to pick you know i pick one and i knowing that like well that's the only thing i'm going to be drawing for the next six months <laughs> or a year or whatever and uh, so you just, I try to pick the one I think will be the most fun mm -hmm. or, uh, and sometimes it's the one I think that no other artist is going to want to draw except mm -hmm. me, you know? So sometimes it's one or the other. Um, That's and awesome. I, like, I'm drawing this, I'm doing a crime comic now. There's nothing special about it. There's nothing <laughs> fancy about it. It's just crime comics, but I really wanted to draw it and I, and I didn't want to uh, write it for somebody else. And then mm -hmm. I don't know, I just, I was in the mood to draw that kind of stuff like gritty um gritty stuff with shadows and a lot of violence mm -hmm. everything and I, like i want to draw <laughs> i don't want to <laughs> give it away give it to someone else i want to yeah. do it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i mean the goal here is to talk uh sub genre which which comes out in october uh, at dark horse through your mm -hmm. flux house uh imprint there but i'd be stupid not to talk about the fact that you got to write berserker over there with keanu reeves over at boom yeah. how did that come together <laughs> Yeah, the, the publisher sort of set it up. They called me and wanted to know if I wanted to co-write a book with Keanu. And I, I was like, oh, I don't know. What's the idea? And I was a little skeptical. They flew me out and I had a meeting with him. And, and then he pitched it to me, you know, and he had a sort of a twist on the idea. Issue 12 is out now. So that it's like sort of a cosmic twist at the end. Yeah. Uh, and when he pitched me that, I was like, yeah, I really like that. I like that it was kind of weird you know a little bit more out there than i thought you know and i was like yeah if we can figure out how to connect the dots to get to that i i began and then he was um and uh he was totally involved the whole time you know we had to we every script we literally wrote together um and it was fun it was it was just one of those bizarre things you know you don't i didn't never would have predicted it but there, <laughs> there it is I mean, it's bizarre on your side too because you got to co-write it with with keanu but in the same sense i think a lot of people out there who maybe fringe comic book readers or so on and so forth sees Keanu's name. First of all, I think a lot of people see Keanu in the, on the cover. Like they're like, wait, that looks like Keanu. That's really weird. Yeah. And then like, no, 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 he co-wrote that. And they're like, oh, what? And that's surprising. Let alone being able to work and write alongside of him. Obviously it's probably a, a surprising thing too. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. And honestly, and, and at the time I will say at the beginning, I was apprehensive. I was like, oh, is this like, a, am I selling out? Am I doing, am I, am i just doing like a ghostwriting thing and, and then he's not involved and and i was a little worried about that until i met him and we started talking and then start working together i was like oh no no that's people can think that all they want to that's i can't control what people think but i i know what we did and what mm -hmm. how what the process was and at the end of the day like i love comics like i'll be doing comics 
so I can't do them anymore, you know, and I've been doing them 20 years. And so I thought I, I was like, I, what I liked about this project that I hadn't predicted was how many more readers it's bringing to comics. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A bunch of people that they're just Keanu fans, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, they're going to, you know, go into a comic shop for the first time. I was like, you, you can't, um, you can't do anything better for comics than that. It's just get new readers, hopefully interested in, in reading something else, you know? It's funny. I just mentioned this to someone else recently too, about, I mean, I talked to Patton Oswalt and it's, I felt the same way where Patton mm-hmm. being a comedian and actor, uh, you know, and writer for in Hollywood, it, it, bringing yeah. that idea of just someone reading the name on the book and then maybe they're hooked. Maybe they read, you know, Keanu's name and then Matt and they go see you yeah. read all your other books and maybe they help sell your books in general too. I mean, yeah. And you, and you love comics. You can tell in your writing and your art and stuff like that, that you do enjoy the industry of comics. So you would make the right decision on whether or not it was smart to work with Keanu or not. And it sounded like it turned out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, no. And, 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 and oh, I can't predict, I can't control what other people are going to like my intent, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, and my intent, here's my intent is always to have fun. <laughs> make yes. Comics. I was like those things and, and, and then hopefully in that order, you know, or one order or the other, but those are the top two things that have fun making comics. Oh. Yeah. And, and it's done three. extremely well. I mean, Berserker is a, a very popular comic book over the past, uh, you know, 12 issues and so on and so forth. So congratulations on that. It's, it is amazing, but you have your flux house. Is it flux house? Is that right? Yeah. Over at dark horse. Uh, and you released hairball recently, uh, which was, a little different i i'm not a big cat fan so <laughs> it wasn't really for me but i mean it is what it is and then you have uh you have subgenre coming out here pretty soon so what led to working more with dark horse um with dark horse i they've been good to me like for my whole career like i uh i'm trying to think my first book for them what was it three story i think they was the first book they published and then and then ever since then they either wanted to work with me or and i bounced around just just to try out different publishers because when i was younger i was like well i don't know who's the best publisher what's the best deal um and as i got older i'm like they were always there and they always supported me and then i think the groundbreaking thing for me was them letting me do mind management Mm -hmm. um which i had taken a vertigo and they're like they didn't want to do something that long and weird um i was like okay that's I'll do, but Dark Horse is willing to do it, you know, and and I think them letting me do that book or whatever helped me be uh, as good as I could be, you know, and made me a better creator. Um, and then I had full total control and full freedom, you know. They spoiled me in that way, so that I didn't really want to. There's no reason to go anywhere else. I was like, pay me to make comics. You're letting me do whatever I want to do. You're letting me uh, put them out however I want to do it. You know, pick the paper, pick the, you know, design the books. Um, so it's it's just uh they've been just a good home for me. That's awesome. Who's editing this book, uh, subgenre? <clears throat> Daniel Shaban is okay, my editor. Okay. No. Yeah, yeah. Dan- Daniel's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful person. So oh, I was thought God. so too. Yeah, Daniel's awesome. Yeah, what a nice guy. I there's not a nicer person uh that I've worked with in comics. He's just so good, you know. And then uh and he's he's so supportive of everything and and puts up with all my nonsense. You know, I have a lot of last minute crazy ideas that I'll, I'll, I'll ask him about and he, and he does his best to get it, uh, to happen. So, um, I, yeah, I, I feel I like he's that. been at dark horse as long as you've been in comics as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
he doesn't look like he's been in the, the dark horse for that long, but he's he's been there for a while. So uh, yeah. yeah, Daniel's yeah. awesome. Daniel's been a guest in the podcast talking about editing comic books, and I just it, it seems funny when I enjoy a comic book at Dark Horse, and then I like look to see who edits the comic book, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what a good what a good yeah. person. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're yes, yeah, so subgenre comes out in October. It's a new series between you and your team from Bang. Uh, you know, was this a a series that you wanted to make with this group of people, or was this a series that you wanted to make and then you thought it worked out well to put the, put them all together? Yeah, no, this is this is sort of a series I've been building to for a while. Um, and uh, and Wilfredo Torres, I worked with him on. Uh, we worked on Bang together, mm-hmm. uh, and Bill Crabtree's doing the color, and so I, it was important for me to keep that team together because there's links from this book to um bang there's a character that overlaps that appears mm-hmm. in this and that character has appeared in maybe like 10 of my other books is either a villain or a side character or, or, or something else so he's sort of like this genre hopping um character who can sort of uh jump from reality to reality and in a way sort of ties all of my books i've ever done together he's sometimes mostly a villain you know he's sort of like this uh this character i sort of created and in, in my earliest books, because I was, I remember sitting there thinking, well, I need like, who's the antagonist? Who's mm-hmm. the bad guy? And so I came up with this character who sort of a mix of a couple of different things from my real life and then put into like this ultimate bad guy who can never be killed. You know, he's always something bad happens to him at the end of all of these stories. But mm-hmm. he was in mind management as just sort of a side character. He's like married to, to a main character in there. And then um, he was the main bad guy in revolver the book i did at vertigo mm-hmm. uh, he showed up in grass kings for a little bit and then he was in black badge i think also and then uh gosh what else everything but i wanted to do a series that was just all about him so in a way this is sort of like his weird origin story and you don't have to have read any of those other books you know it, uh, it stands on its own um and uh, but if you've read that other stuff or you go back and read it later you're like oh that's that guy you know so there's there'll be a little echo of recognition if you read this um but yeah i wanted to i i like to keep the continuity from bang because there's a little more crossover from that than any of the other books um and i like working with those guys and and um yeah i mean it makes sense it's beautiful beautifully illustrated in color i'll tell you that much wilfredo is amazing uh, i do uh, appreciate that i've got caitlin over at dark horse was able to send me a little pdf so i could or, you know review it and, and look over it it's it's just gorgeously made so it's it's you're lucky <laughs> i know yeah. you probably know that lucky sure. to be able to work with these people it's yeah. amazing no that's you, you get to you work with good creators like this and then it just puts you puts me on my best behavior i was like i try to be as nice a person as i possibly can be uh because i know how lucky i am to be able to collaborate with them and uh and i want to do it again <laughs> so <laughs> i think you nice. i want to yeah. see uh on a the subgenre uh, profile page on I forget where it was somewhere there was a quote maybe it was the email was sent out it said that you uh you need to buy Wilfredo a bunch of dinners and apologies for this for this book because of him <laughs> yeah yeah it gets it gets really twisted so it's it's a uh, this character who can jump from reality to reality and so the beginning of the book he sort of splits you know he's in it's like a futuristic sci-fi he's a detective kind of thing that all the tropes I've addressed all those tropes and like, I'm sort of trying to put a twist on those. And then he wakes up and he's a barbarian, doesn't have a memory of the other thing. 
Um, and then you don't know, like, is he a barbarian? Is he a future detective guy? And so that bounces around for the first couple issues. And then when you get to the third issue, it just goes off the rails in like the craziest way. I can't even describe. There's pages I was writing in there. I'm like, I was like, I can't even. I'm describing this with words. I can't see it. I can't see it in my head. <laughs> I'm just putting these <laughs> words down and then to see what Wilfredo would do, you know, and there's where he's going to this cave. And and uh I, I should publish a script for the couple pages where the he's a barbarian, he's going to this cave, and then there's all this internal uh internal dialogue monologue he has while he's going into it and all this self-doubt about being like a uh like about what he's doing and the mission he's on but it's really just a metaphor for like being a creator and doubting everything you do every day and <laughs> and, and i put all of that in the script into these pages and, and uh it's just absolute madness um but yeah when you get to issue three also the the this format of this is different too it's they're longer issues i think they're 30 pages 32 pages and uh magazine size so yeah. there's like more room on the page also for Wilfredo to put you know we can put more panels in there and or make things bigger if we need to um it's just more space to make this as crazy as we can was that just a decision because you wanted to do something different and doing the more magazine size or was that uh, you know is it something to stay out more on the shelves what, what into the thought process that i mean you just mentioned more space but is that the main yeah. reason yeah all of that all of that i wanted to do a big issue i wanted to feel big i wanted to take you a while to read it um, and also I've just, I've been doing comics so long. I'm so tired of like, of working in the same format all the time, 22 pages, self-cover, uh, the, the, the printing, it's just uh, so boring to me. <laughs> like, I don't like reading those books anymore like that. I want to, I was like, I want something new and, and printers can do so much, you know, mm -hmm. and there's so many things we can do with format. And if you're just going to do a 22 page self-cover, let's just make it and put it on the iPad and read it mm -hmm. that way. It's just as good that way. Like the. And I'm not dissing iPad comics. Like I love reading digital stuff because the color is so juicy and vibrant. Like it's great to read it. And the iPad's the size of a comic book. So if you're gonna, um, if you're just gonna publish like the cheapest version of a print comic, um, I don't know why you're doing it. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> right. Think of new ways or a new format or or, or as long as it you know the story should dic needs to dictate that too. So I like I'm not making just arbitrary design decisions, but um, I do want it to stand out on the shelf. I want there to be a reason that you're going in to get this physical copy of a thing that, you know, we cut trees down and print it on paper for, you know, you know when, so you got more trees in it because there's more pages and it's bigger. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's so bigger. I'm just, I'm just, I'm doubling down on it. You know? but, if we're going to uh, cut some yeah. trees down, we might as well cut more trees down, you know? Yeah, yeah. I just think it's, it's, you're asking a person to go into like a specialty shop to pick something up when they could just sit home on a couch and download it and read it. Like <laughs> there needs to be a reason. I'm trying to make mm -hmm. that be the reason. And you're in an industry right now and you know this, that there's so many different titles being released every week. If you have an ability to set yourself apart in some way or the other, uh, then that could be a good thing too. So there's some multiple things that go in there. And also we mentioned already, Wilfredo is an excellent artist. So it gives, gives Wilfredo more space to actually do the work that he wants to do on the page yeah, yeah. too. No, I there's this this series is magazine, and I'm doing two more after this. Two different series of two different artists that are also magazine size. And I promise you, every artist I've said, hey, is it okay if we do? They're so excited <laughs> to be able to work bigger and have a big more space and everything. It, it's everyone wants to, every artist wants to do it. You know, I've never had an artist say, oh, I don't know, can you? <laughs> you know, everybody's excited. So I'm like, if you have an excited artist, you're gonna get a better you're going to get a better final product, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Exactly. And you, I, I mean, you're lucky you have 20 years into the business to be able to work with people you want to work with too, which is nice. The, um, the series comes out in October. Is it an ongoing series or just a mini series? Yeah. Say that again? No, it's good. Yeah. The older I get, the more I'm you with people make friends. Yeah. You're breaking up a little bit there. Um, is this a mini series or an ongoing series? Um, it's a mini series. Mini series. Okay. Yeah. Is it no, five or six issues or is it going to be long? Like, I don't know. What, what's technical definition of a mini series nowadays? I don't even know. I know. I guess I think it's four issues. I've written it okay. already. I wrote it like a year ago. So yeah. I think I'm pretty sure it's four issues, but double check me on that. And then, uh, <laughs> and I never said no. Like, I, there's always a way to do more. If it's not long enough, people are like, oh, uh, I'll just wait because it's only going to be a few months, you know, but if it's too long, then people, you know, around issue eight or nine, it's hard, you know, if you're not keeping people's interest, they they get tired or it's hard to go in every week. Like I'm, as I get older, I don't go into the comic shop every week. So it's hard to ask people to do that. Um, so I'm really, as a creator, it's on me to make people yeah. want to go in every, every week or every month, you know. I, I'm just, I think you, you have us as completionists, the people who want to pick up an issue and go, okay, I can commit to four issues, even if the series sucks. <laughs> you're like, you're in yeah, issue yeah, three, yeah. you're like, I got to get issue four. So you're already selling me on a fourth issue of a, of a series <laughs> yeah, if good. it's only four issues long. <laughs> and if I really liked it, then I'm buying the trade too. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's good. All of it helps. It all helps. <laughs> Also, here's what I like about the single issues is the variant covers and everything. People are feel differently about variant cover stuff, but I love doing them because they it gives me a chance to, um, I get to do one. I get to mm -hmm. give uh, work to my friends, you know, other art or artists that I want to work with. They're too busy, but hey, I can do a cover. Um, so it's a chance to collaborate with other people and then um, just give work to other illustrators, you know. Yes, exactly. And you got uh, a Brian Hurt uh, uh, variant on issue one, I see. Is that correct? Yeah. And then yeah 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 we share a studio together and uh we heart we rarely work together even though we work next to each other all the time and I'm like he's been doing these painted covers and he did a bunch of them for um I think it's I can't remember the publisher Ahoy it's not Ahoy it's someone I can't remember he's gonna okay. kill me anyway but they're they were so good I was like dude I please give me one of those covers they're so great so he did he did one for this and then he did a cover for a, a series that's coming out later uh, end of the year. And uh, the 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 cover A um, for Wilfredo is amazing too, uh, with the four like the sub subsections of it of the two different you know barbaric oh, yeah. versus the, yeah I, it's really cool. I actually I did that cover. Oh really? <laughs> we were, I was going to collaborate with Wilfredo on it, so I uh, me to do that to his art. So I was like, okay. <laughs> So, so I, uh, but I used his, he did a version of it that I, I drew over, sort of used as inspiration. I tried to draw in his style for part of it and then try to draw in my effed up style on the top of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, says, it did look and, like uh, it, yeah, but according so. to previews world, it's, uh, it says, uh, it says cover and art from Torres. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we made change at the very end because I had an idea for the covers and I wanted to, do, I wanted those covers to be really weird. You know, so yeah. cover one is like the most normal and then to get crazier as we go. Like there's mm -hmm. I introduced like a lot of text elements and like script pages into the into the final one is I think issue four is like a it's almost all text words. <laughs> so there's like a story on the front cover that's 
that's a little weird yeah but i didn't want to i felt bad i didn't want to ask wilfredo to to go down the trail of madness with me you buy him we gotta buy wilfredo more dinners if you yeah, yeah i need more beers yeah he gets more beers <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome i'm so excited to read the rest of the series the, the first issue is, is is dynamite i'm excited for people to read it it i mean there's a a simple quote, uh, this is a mind-bending, multidimensional murder mystery was a great, great exp- explanation <laughs> of what the what the book yeah. is. Uh, yeah. It's it's cool. If you explain to other people out there how closely, you mentioned the people cross over, but like how closely or how different it is from other Matt Kent books. Like what's the, what do you think for your fans? Boy, I don't know. I think if you're going to compare it to something, there's a little bit more, it's a little bit more mind management, I think, if you... If you like that series, there's a little bit more of that in this, you know, and there's a direct crossover with that too. So it's technically connected, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would, I would say that, but it's, but it's all in the dressed up like a Conan story in one issue and then dressed up like a, whatever future detective story in another, depending on which issue um, we're in. It bounced, I had it bounced back and forth. So every issue was like one of that, one of the other, you know, until the end it, comes crashing down but um yeah i really honestly i just wanted to do like i love i grew up reading conan too that's uh i went to a local shop every week and uh they had a big sale on a ton of their back issues so I mean, they had like a, almost a whole run of conan but it was like 200 issues worth and i was like wow so my brother and i were going through every every week we'd buy a couple buy a couple buy a couple so we i have almost a complete run of conan now you know up to like the 90s um and i uh and it was because of that but that's why i just they, they were on sale and i liked them <laughs> uh john buscema is great and those old barry windsor smith issues are are amazing and uh so i've always had a i've always had a soft spot for conan and like that barbarian genre and i read uh the robert e howard books you know but I, I went to i read those as well and and uh yeah, so I always wanted to do something like that. So this is probably as close as I'll get. Well, you, you probably can. I mean, Conan, I believe, is in the public domain now. So I, I think you can. I think you yeah, can. Yeah, that's right? true. But I, that's also weird. That's yeah, a, yeah. I also feel weird about doing it. It's another person's character, you know. So I, I and and when you do that too, you do. I do feel a debt that you have to like kind of stay true to what it is, you know. And I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want yes. to do, do my own barbarian. That's weird. <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I could understand that too. You have to like walk the line. I mean, I think Dana yeah. Warren Johnson's walking that line right now with the whole Transformers thing, where he it's like has to, like he wants to do the original stuff, but they also want him to do the weird stuff and like I, just or different stuff. And I think, uh, yeah, it is a little, little little fine line that you have to walk on that one. But making your own barbarian style story is the way to go, and that's what you kind of did with with, with subgenre right here. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's good. Like, I don't have anything more to add to Conan, you know, like, what, what is he, what more do you need from him? But, uh, I do feel like I could add something to, um, fantasy genre, mm-hmm. you know, sword and sorcery genre. I, I, I could do something with that. That's different, you know, but as soon as you link it to a pre-existing character, then, it, then you're kind of hemmed in in a way. And, and, uh, that's not interesting to me. Yeah. <laughs> So I mean, uh, subgenre from from Dark Horse hits shelves October eighteenth, I believe now, um, and that's you know issue number one, and it will come out monthly. It seems like for 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 a month for four months. Uh, that's mm-hmm. your book over at Dark Horse with Wilfredo Torres, Bill Crabtree, 
uh, and edited by our friend Daniel Shoban. And uh, but yeah, so that's available October 18th. But also grab Berserker and trade uh, as well. That's out on on shelves uh, now. Uh, uh, at least the first trade is the second trade hit yet. I don't remember now. I don't know. They they give me boxes and boxes of comps. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what comes out when, but I think it it has to be. Yeah, it, I know. I have the second one for sure. Yes. Let's see here. Yeah, I believe it has. Yeah. So yeah, I should make sure. Yeah, it just uh, so it hasn't come out in 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 bookstores yet. I don't think. I think it's it says September twenty seventh on. Oh, that's last year. Never mind. You're right. It has come out. I'm I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, so yes, it's been out for a while. <laughs> so grab yeah. Berserker. Issues volume one and volume two. Uh, and I heard they're making some toys and things like that now is what I heard. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. I don't I don't get any of that money, but I'll, I'll <laughs> gladly have some Berserker toys on my shelf. <laughs> well, that's if you'll have some on your shelf and hopefully someone goes out and buys the trade and stuff like that because yeah. they saw no, it. I, do. So I, you know. I don't care. Here's the thing is Berserker was yeah. stuff on, but um, and it's try to craft into a good book. But um, yeah, it's good. I'm glad I'm glad it's doing well and it's going to be exciting. I want a lunchbox. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> one that has a bullet holes in it is what you need. Yeah, oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Still, one of my favorite artists of all time is Michael Del Mundo, and the Michael Del Mundo cover is absolutely fantastic for Berserker. So yeah. I'm loving that too. So, uh, but yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on and chat subgenre, a little bit of Berserker and all that other stuff. Uh, please, uh, anybody who's listening, uh, to follow uh, Matt on social media for any new updates and things like that. Uh, that Matt has coming down. And if you see him around and about, uh, uh, you know, buy his stuff because it's really good. And, and, and we recommend all of it. I was going to say most of it. We recommend all of it. Let's be honest. We recommend all of Matt's work. Uh, so, uh, yeah, again, thank you so much <laughs> for taking your time to come on the podcast and chat comics with us. I uh, hope to have you on again in the future if you continue working as hard as you are now. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely.